morning. Uh, welcome to Ventura Vineyard. Um, <laughs> old habits. I've been around since the beginning of the Ventura Vineyard, so welcome to Liminal Church of Ventura. Whether this is your first time with us or you've been around with us for a long time and whether you're live in the room or online, we hope you're welcome. Hope you feel welcome. And we hope that um, this morning will allow you to set aside some of the busyness of your life, spend a little time listening and considering and engaging in some contemplative practices and prompts that we hope will enrich your journey. As we have been doing uh, during the Lent season, we're going to start with um, a reflective art video. And so we'll be doing that, and then I'll come back after that. But before, no, after the art video, then we'll let the kids go. So. Today is the fifth Sunday of Lent. Each Sunday in this season, we are spending a few moments with a work of art as a way to observe the Lenten season. This painting is titled Sheep in the Moonlight by Craigie Aitchison, a Scottish artist known for his deceptively simple paintings. This painting consists of three major sections, a luminous deep blue night sky, a green triangular hill haloed with yellow light, and a field of rich brown earth. On the green hillside, we see sheep and small yellow flowers. Above the sheep, there is a white cross illuminated by the light of the crescent moon. And finally, a leafless brown tree bisecting all three areas of horizontal color. Aitchison used these elements over and over again in his landscapes, sometimes adding a dog or butterflies or birds. Here are two more landscapes so that you can see how he uses the same visual language in each of his landscapes. For Aitchison, the everyday objects and outdoor scenes in his life were infinitely interesting and ever-renewing sources of beauty and spirituality. In his paintings, he gives them a mystical quality by distilling everything to its essential essence. His art reminds me that I often dismiss what is familiar and commonplace, that I fail to see the inherent beauty and spirituality in what is familiar and commonplace. Perhaps this Lenten season, we can look at the familiar elements and the commonplace and the commonplaces in our lives and let them speak to us, as Jesus taught us to do, especially in the ordinary crackers and grape juice we will be served during communion at the close of the service. This Lenten season, may we see the renewing sources all around us.
this time we can uh, release, dismiss the kids. If there are any children, fifth grade and younger, they can go out through the back door and the junior high and high school kids are heading upstairs. One of the methods of teaching that Jesus used was to direct his disciples' attention to the natural world, the birds of the air, the lilies of the field. This morning, we're going to take a look at trees. To begin with, I would like to read a few passages from a book written by a friend of mine, Jeff Tackland. The title of the book is The Winding Path of Transformation. We will pause at various times during the reading allow you to enter into it and to see what might come up for you. But first, let's take a few minutes to become present to the morning, to leave aside any distractions that you may have brought with you, and to prepare yourself to listen to whatever whispers that God may invite, as God may invite you into a deeper place. So let's take a few deep breaths, in and out and out and after a few moments of silence I will begin reading the first passage from the winding path of transformation As I walked along the rocky middle ground of Mill Creek, I noticed the cliffs rising steeply on either side of me. The north side remains predominantly shaded and is covered with evergreens, pines, and incense silvers, uh, cedars. The other side, the sunny side, there are oaks, manzanitas, and cacti. Two very different worlds carved in half by a meandering stream. As I walked along, stumbling from rock to rock, my heart felt as dry as the mounds of sand and quartz. I looked from one bank to the other, yearning to belong somewhere, to pick a side and sink my roots there, to escape the middle ground to settle into that place of comfortable orthodoxy, to stop asking questions, to stop seeing the value in opposing opinions. But then my attention was drawn to a thin white tree standing alone in the midst of the creek bed, a white alder. And I felt God was saying, this is who you are. This tree, this unimpressive, wan, frail-looking specimen, I resisted the image, not just the tree, but where it grew, in that rocky middle place. To sink roots here was to plant my place, my, myself in a place of loneliness, a liminal place. But I realized something about that tree. It cannot survive anywhere except here in the creek bed. 
it requires too much water to live anywhere else. It is so dependent on a constant water supply that it withers as it moves further away from its source of nourishment. This is its weakness, and also this is its strength. There is an invitation here to sink our roots deep, to let God quench this insatiable thirst for intimacy and connection, to search for God with my whole heart. Let's take a moment to consider how do you react to the idea of being completely dependent upon God? Is this something that comes easily to you? Or do you cling to your own independence? What does it mean to you to search for God with your whole heart?
Another characteristic of the alder tree is its flexibility. As I looked at it, it seemed weak, puny in comparison to the mighty oaks on the hillside above it. But the oak could not survive the deluge of water. Its inflexibility would cause its branches to break or even topple over. It would snap under pressure. Oaks have breadth, but not necessarily depth. Their shallower root systems cannot endure the barrenness of the middle place when the soil and nourishment they need have been leached away. What are some things that you have held on to that are insufficient to carry you through the storm? Maybe relationships, various self-soothing habits like alcohol, shopping, food, mindlessly watching television programs or the like. Consider how they may help you for a time, but also how they fall short. What might it feel like to let them go?
Part of the altar's design that allows it to survive is that it sends down a deep taproot. Essentially, the trunk of the tree continues to grow down and down, digging deeper and deeper in its thirst for more of the water it needs to survive. Deep roots, like those of the alder, involve a taproot that gives stability, ensures nourishment, and allows for the tree to endure the harsh winter storms. Without depth, the tree will perish from the cold and be swept away by the flooded rivers. Deep roots are grown out of longing and need. They are driven down by discontent. They are searching for more. Depth comes from hearts that are restless, hearts that are cautious of too easy answers, hearts that aren't afraid of complexity. They are willing to follow the threads of their doubts. Consider, what is it like for you to not know all the answers? What is it like to be faced with mystery and uncertainty. If these things make you anxious and uncomfortable, how have you dealt with it?
in J.R.R. Tolkien's The Lord of the Rings, he writes of a prophecy that points to the hero Aragorn. All that is gold does not glitter. Not all those who wander are lost. The old that is strong does not wither. Deep roots are not reached by the frost. Take some time to consider his words in relation to your own journey. Consider your own root system. From what do you draw nourishment? Where do you find strength? What allows you to continue on your chosen path in the face of adversity?
come to the end of this portion of our service, take a few moments and meditate on the words of Jeremiah 17, 7 and 8. But blessed are the ones who trust in God alone, who find their confidence in the eternal. These ones are like trees planted by water, sending out their roots beside the stream. They do not fear the heat or even drought. Their leaves stay green and they bear consistent crops of crops of fruit no matter what storms they face. What stands out to you in these verses? What challenges do they present? And what encouragement?
communion, our ushers will hand out the gluten-free crackers and the juice to you. And we'll also give you a small slice of wood. Note that in the middle of the rings is a darker spot. This spot connects to the center of the root system. As you take communion, consider the invitation of the morning to establish your root system deep within the eternal one. Jesus earnestly desires for us to live in communion with him, to lean on him in dependent love and adoration, to draw our nourishment and strength and direction from him. As you take the cracker, it is his body broken for you. As you take the juice, it is his blood shed for you. Jesus has made the way for us. It is ours to walk in it. Let's pray. And as Jesus taught us, let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the bread we need and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. You may come forward and take communion when you're ready.
Blessed are you who trust in God alone. Blessed are you who find your confidence in the Eternal One. You are like trees planted by water, sending out your roots beside the stream. You will not fear the heat or even drought. Your leaves will stay green and you will bear good fruit no matter what storms may come your way. This is the end of our contemplative service, but if any of you would like to remain in silence for a time, that's fine. Uh, anyone that is ready to leave, please do so, but um, wait until you get out into the entryway or the coffee bar to have conversations. Thank you. Stay as long as you like.